Here at the Joe Show, we have the finest studios. Where's your studio? Because, like, I'm in a studio now. It has guitars and some kind of UV light that'll fuck your face up if you look at it and turn it on. The smartest, most handsome on-air personalities. Price of Liberty is, is ugly. It's not, it's not very pretty. You're not very pretty. We don't talk about religion. So uh, we're actually God's chosen people. So they are the chosen ones. I know this. I think the Christians think that you killed their savior. And we're always respectful to women. When they invent the perfect artificial vagina, you broads are out of business. Lobster dinners, the diamond market, it's all going belly up. And smart, well-informed callers. Buzzy, where are you? You sound like you're Creole or some shit. Where do you crawl out of Baton Rouge? What's what the fuck, son? I'm a mile. Hey, you better watch your mouth now. Talk about an owl like that. I'll slap the donkey like you. That's the Joe Show, Thursday, six to nine on Raz Radio Live, Salty Talk Radio, and PopRock80s.com. Giving him his cue cards. I'm on the honor rolls. I drop gems, you should ponder those. We turn peaceful Muslims to Geronimo's. Citizens are comatose. We do the president like we did Osama and Obama knows. Ruthless and cunning. You shouldn't talk like that. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Get ready for change of life. Change of way of life. You will know what it's like to be bombed. These Arabs are godless creatures. One million Arabs are not worth the fingernail of a Mossad Mel. Peace to Mossad Mel. This is Tel Aviv Steve. I'm giving you open secret. But it will be of no bearing. You see, we own the information dissemination apparatus. If you only knew. 
once in a while and foretold and, and the old crew uh, I miss all of you guys a lot of exciting news coming out but I will say the 23rd is the hard date for me to bring dangerous conversation back to the airwaves right here on Raz Radio I'll be following you Tuesday nights, uh, 8 to 10. It'll be dangerous conversation as you know it. Get a couple good interviews in, bring a lot of the originals back. Join Scott Ledger Tuesday for dangerous conversation, 8 to 10 p.m. RazRadioLive.com. 
and me, Brad Friedman of BradRock.com, the guy you love to love. <sighs> yes, the man you love to love, Brad Friedman. I'm sure he's right at the top of all your lists, right? That's right, though. It is the first 52. It is Tuesday, June 16th, 2015. <sighs> We've got a lot of things to talk about, as usual. we got James Woods, uh, James from the Internet, joining us this evening. He's a fun guy. We're going to talk about Texas, and uh, God knows what else we'll talk about. Always, always a lot of things to, to throw in there and, and, and discuss. A uh, reminder, next week is the start of Dangerous Conversation on Rams Radio Live. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting to have Scott back in that form. So we look forward to uh, to that coming and joining us. Yeah, i got James joining me here in a couple minutes. But there's something, there's something that I was contemplating in the shower the other day. I know, that's weird. I was in the shower thinking about things. I don't know, that's where I like to think about things. I do some of my greatest thinking when I'm in the shower. I don't know about you guys. I take a long shower. I'm in the bathroom for a long time in the morning. My wife always always likes to make fun of me. I've had other people make fun of me for it. You know, it's just me. I, I like to I get up early enough to make sure I can take the time to think while I'm in the shower or while I'm in the bathroom. So I plan my day based on having the time to be able to do that. So I was in the shower thinking the other day. You know, and and for those of you who know me, you know I'm 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 not an atheist, but I, I, I'm kind of agnostic. I don't know. I, I I know I have faith, and I believe that there is something definitely beyond what we are. I I don't know what it is. I don't claim to know what it is. I I don't find any uh, any uh, any support or belief in religion. Religion just seems to. Uh, to muddy everything and make it worse. And, and my example to that and, and what I want to get at here is something we all have to deal with. We all have to deal with death. You know, death becomes us. It, it, it eventually uh, meets us, whether it be ourself or whether it be somebody we care about. Death will be in our door one day. Well, religious people... You know, they preach how, how great God is and and how, uh, you know, our whole goal of life is to serve God and do well and move to where we are accepted in the in the Lord's uh, world, where, where we are accepted as part of of his being. And we get to go to heaven and spend time with him. And that's that's the end goal of of being a religious person, no matter what your religion is. I think we can agree on that, right? The, the end goal is to get to go spend time with God and to be part of, of his world and be part of God and, and, and spend your time with him. So you would think, you would think that uh, when, when, when somebody's suffering and somebody's on the doorstep to God, no matter their age, it doesn't matter their age, they're suffering, right? And they're on the doorstep to God. And what's the first thing everybody does? Or everybody asks for. They ask for prayers to protect this person. Prayers to, to heal this person. Prayers to to make this person well again. Now, wait a second. Didn't we just talk about how the whole point of religion and believing in God is to end up getting to him? So, <clears throat> is, it, is, it, is it an oxymoron? Or is it a selfish act? 
to pray to God to to stop the death of this person or or to comfort this person wouldn't you pray for him to move quickly along to God because that's where the end goal is supposed to be I don't know this is just what I was thinking in the shower the other day it was just a thought that came across you know when somebody's dying you would think that that, that that's the end that's where they want to be they want to go see God but everybody else wants them to stay things to ponder from Raz I don't know I, I think about weird things like that you guys might remember a few weeks ago actually it's probably been a couple months now uh, we had this individual on out of New York City uh, a very uh, a colorful individual no I'm just kidding uh, James Woods uh, he's an activist he is uh, a writer he's a photographer videographer and, uh, you know, he's just tries to stay involved and stay active in what's going on. And, and I like to bring him on board. Uh, what really triggered me wanting to talk to him tonight was uh, a little Facebook debate he got in on one of my posts, uh, uh, this week. So we'll get into that with him. But first, let's, uh, James, let's bring you back up. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm, uh, enjoying the beginning of the, uh, the urine season here in New York City. The urine season? You'll have to explain that one to me. Uh, come about June or so, and it starts to get really, really hot, and the subways just smell like hot urine 24 hours a day, and it becomes like an endurance challenge. Oh, that's pleasant. I, I would really, that's, that, they should advertise that that's what New York's like in the summer, because I, I bet you more people would come and visit and stay there, and maybe even live there. Hey man, it's the one thing you never see in all those movies, that grandize New York City, because there's just no way to put it in the film. Well, no offense, man. I know you live there, and I grew up in South Jersey, right outside Philly, so I spent a lot of time in cities. I got family that live in Long Island. I hate big cities. I don't care whether it be New York, Philadelphia, Dallas. Uh, the biggest city close to me here is Tampa or Port or uh, Fort Myers. I don't want to be. I just don't like cities. It's just not me. Uh, well, around this time of year, sir, I do not blame you one bit. <laughs> well, you know where I live is not very. Uh, very cool in the summertime let's keep that in mind too you know we we do get very humid and uh but then again i only live five minutes from the from the gulf of mexico so oh i remember the joy of tampa bay man right around this time of year is when it gets uh it gets gnarly yeah well that's again that's a big city again though you know it it does get a lot worse up there than what i endure but anyway we're not here to talk weather and and temperature (laughs) (laughs) it's fun to talk that but you know so um let's refresh everybody who you are i kind of i'm really bad with uh remembering things and i you know you're a you're a videographer you're an activist in new york uh i forget the organization you work with it's dc uh dc news or something along those lines uh yeah dc media group dc media group sorry about that you know you know i got eh, I, I might smoke a little too much pot or something who knows <laughs> allegedly uh, but anyway, so that's that's you know where people can find some of your information. Uh, you travel when when things go on. You're not one of those guys like me that just sit behind a microphone and uh, you preach what we believe. You actually go to these events and and try to put yourself in the middle. Well, I I think that uh, the biggest failing that we have with the media today, especially with you know all of it, the totality of it, only being owned by a few corporations, is uh, you get people. You know, in booths and editing bays and, and behind microphones who really get to uh, set the narrative. Right. And uh, so a lot of people, you know, especially people who do what I do, independent journalists, uh, we like to get out there and just run raw feeds live, run a lot of raw video and put it up. 
so that uh, people can actually see what happened in the totality of what happened rather than seeing the 12-second the clip on Fox News and, you know, immediately saying, oh, well, then this must be bad because, you know, we saw it on Hannity or this must be bad because we saw it on Rachel Maddow. I'd rather put out the whole six, seven hours of whatever uh, event or occasion is happening. And, and I know this is crazy in modern-day America, but actually let people decide for themselves what they think about something. So you don't really inject your narrative into what you're you're viewing or, or reporting on or recording or broadcasting. You just kind of provide the whole story going on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have my moments, but considering that my narrative is, is pretty pretty down the middle of the road, regardless of whether you're talking about political ideology or, you know, uh, uh, leanings of conservative and liberalness, is I have, you know, plenty of angst with both parties and both ideologies and people who blindly listen to either. So every once in a while, if I do interject something in there, you can be sure it's, it's fairly non-biased because my disdain for both sides of the spectrum is equal. <laughs> it's always nice to have that disdain for both sides. And, and again, I'm pretty much the same way. Uh, I think uh, my evaluations or my opinions on things would be considered, I, I don't know, I guess it would confuse people because I kind of lean right on a lot of things, but then I have a very strong anti-war stance and, and a, a little bit of leftist that comes out of me at times for, for specific issues. So I would I always consider myself a right-wing Republican up until I realized that that really didn't matter. But just to give you an idea of my thought pattern... Um, with your traveling, with your seeing these different events going on, uh, being involved in them, broadcasting them, one thing that came out with a lot of the riots, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to relate it to the next election also, uh, was the use of paid protesters. And I don't know if you saw today the articles coming out talking about how uh, uh, political, uh, political parties and uh, political affiliations use rented crowds. Uh, so... Your opinion on the use of both part of both parts of that the the parts of using them for paid protesters and what you know a lot of us call them agent provocateurs because a lot of times they're they're in there and they they do exactly what we don't want them to do uh, and then we have it being done on the political end in these election cycles and these these different events where people are paying to have people there to make it look like they're supported well uh you know, I got two different views on that. Firstly, I would definitely say agent provocateurs and then paid protesters are two entirely different things. Is paid provocateurs, and I'm doing air quotes. You just can't see it because it's radio. <laughs> um, in general, are people who work for some agency or government institution who are there to ensure that an event goes badly, that law enforcement will need to be physically used. Um, you know, paid protesters are, that's more like running a nightclub and paying 10 people to stand out in front so it looks like there's a crowd. Well, didn't we find, though, that in a lot of these events, Ferguson and, and some of the other protests that we've seen, that some of the ones that uh, could possibly have been the paid ones were the ones that caused some of the issues? So I, I think we can, can correlate them to agent provocateurs. Well, and again, you know, like I was down in Ferguson and, you know, everybody wants to, oh, George Soros or, you know, Adelson or, you know, whoever else, oh, they, they paid all these protesters to come down. In the now five years that I have been covering protests and riots and actions, I have seen paid protesters twice, and the word paid protester is really a stretch, and that's by saying that an organization paid for a bus so that people could go for free. Like, there's a, there's this thought about, about paid protesters much in the same way that there are, uh, 
people who commit election fraud. Like, you know, there's hordes and hordes and hordes of, you know, ingenious, slathering morons who just go from place to place and, you know, infiltrate and swell numbers for no apparent reason. Like, I assure you that there's not a mountain of these people out there. Um, and if they are, they must be exceptionally good at their job because I can't figure out who they are. Well, there's a big difference between election fraud and voter fraud. And and everybody time, time, uh, tends to tie them all together and make it the same thing where voter fraud is very, very rare, very hard to do. It's the one that they try to push with the O'Keefe videos and different things like that, where election fraud is actually the big problem, where the, where the machines are controlled, where the Diebold is in there. You know, Brad Friedman, I'm sure you've heard of him and listened to him before. You know, that, that's one of the things I, I feel he's very good on is pointing out how the elections are rigged and controlled through election fraud, not voter fraud. Yeah, um, well, you can see this is what happens when, uh, when I have myself a restful weekend as well. But, yeah, I, you know, but, but I'm saying that there's, there's always this belief that it's like a boogeyman that we put out there. Like, you know, the second uh, an unarmed black man gets shot by a police officer somewhere, within 15 minutes on either The Blaze, the Tea Party News Network, or Breitbart, there's like a front page article on the website, you know, Al Sharpton to pay 12 angry Negroes to go to blah, 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 Missouri. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, it's like really like Al Sharpton is not the national spokesperson for black people. Sheldon Adelson is not writing up billion dollars, billion dollar checks to bring white conservative America, horrible, angry black people with pickered signs. Like, it's just the silliness that goes into concocting this sort of stuff. Is, is much greater than the actual protests themselves. Well, don't forget, we got this white black chick on the NAACP now that's resigned, so that that's going to solve all the problems, right? Uh, let me tell you, that that was one confused person, because I know people both black and white who were just reading that stuff on the internet, scratching their head, going, really? That That's what she went with? I, yeah, I don't really want to go down that trail, but I, you know, it, it is an interesting conversation that can be had about that, because if we're going to look at, at Jenner and, and his transformation, and I know this conversation's been had with people, and I don't really know where you stand on it, um, but I, I don't see how there can't be a race uh, transition or a race confusion, just as there is a sexual uh, 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 gender confusion. So, I think people saying that that's not a possibility is are, are uh, even more closed-minded than anybody else. Uh, you know, the best thing I can tell you on this one is, is I'm sure there's a whole lot of people in, in white America who would like to identify as being a person of color or being a person from the from the hood or having whatever kind of cred they would get from that up to and until the point when they get pulled over by a cop. And then at that second, it's really good to be white. Hey, listen, James, I was a wigger when I was in high school. I graduated in 94. I was that dude that had the OPP jacket. You remember that jacket that was kind of like, looked like uh, a wet, a big baby wipe? You know, the, the little pocketed, uh, I forget. Anyway, the point is, you are who you are. We're all human beings. That's the way I look at things. It's like the, the Black Lives Matter hashtag. I always went with the All Lives Matter. So we're all the same thing in, in general, and we all come from the from the same monkey or fish or whatever it is that you might believe. But that's just my. Hey, I'm totally with you, man. Dude, it's, it's, I, I, I love that. You, you, you can't leave me with crickets, James. You can't leave me with crickets like that. Well, well, you gave me the choice between fish and monkey, and my mind started to wander. 
I feel you. I feel you. Um, all right, back to pol- <laughs> back to police. Let's get off religion because I'm really I hate religion. I think it's one of the worst things. I think I think race and religion are the the two worst things that humanity has developed and and created. Oh yeah, and and the problem is that you know now we have thousands of years invested in and we can't just let them go. Heaven forfend. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing. All right, back to police here because um, I want to get into this Texas thing. And uh, recently on Press TV, they had a, uh, a a former CIA contractor. And basically his words were, and I'm going to play the audio here, it's about two minutes. Uh, basically he said that the U.S. police do not hire intelligent people anymore. Uh, so let's, uh, let's really listen to it, and then we'll talk about that afterwards. Uh, the recent incident in Texas uh, with the uh, overreaction by the law enforcement responding to the pool party... Uh, which apparently, according to the neighbor that called the police, was being attended by too many, quote-unquote, black people. Uh, This seems to be a reoccurring issue that is uh, certainly becoming a major problem here in the United States with the uh, law enforcement seemingly uh, choosing to uh, persecute the the minorities, the black people in this uh, case. it would appear, and this is not just a geological or a geographical issue uh, with the South, because obviously this is happening in almost every state here in the United States, but I, I think that we need to look at uh, several issues uh, that would uh, seem to uh, be responsible for this. And one is that there is a policy here in the United States that people of a, a relatively high IQ are not allowed to become police officers. As unbelievable as this sounds, there's actually a test given to uh, applicants, and if they score too high, they are not eligible to join law enforcement. Uh, Obviously, that is a problem, and obviously it would show that as a policy that they do require people that are incapable of uh, logical, uh, compassionate thinking. So clearly that, that has a lot to do with this. At the same time, we see uh, there seems to be within the uh, current administration a desire to try to spread as much dissent and uh, trouble amongst the the races. Uh, obviously, we've we've uh, we've we've come a long ways in the last fifty hundred years, and it seems like when the Obama administration came along, that everything has taken a giant step backwards. Uh, so clearly, this is a major problem. The uh, the militarization of the police here in the United States is also a big problem. But uh, ultimately, I think what what this really illustrates is the fact that this country has become fascist and that it's necessary to impose fear in order to maintain control over the masses. So so obviously this is a, a major problem. The other big thing that I think is going on is that the Obama administration is trying very hard to use these incidents to show that they need to federalize the police force, which obviously would be incredibly bad and is bring us right up to the times of Nazi Germany, which I think is where we're heading uh, very rapidly. So... So all of these, uh, so this police brutality is certainly indicative of, of all of these factors, and it is a symptom of the uh, the problem as a whole. Other than the the, the uh, comment of being a heavy breather, what's your thoughts on that, James? Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to disagree with a with, with a lot of it. As always, I uh, 
I, I caution people uh, against believing that Obama is a Muslim terrorist from Kenya who has devil horns and a giant fork that he uses to, you know, skewer right-wing Republicans and have, hold have them you been, the flames of hell with. Have you been reading my memes again? <laughs> Listen, I, I think Obama is absolutely horrible. I don't think he's horrible because he's black, Republican, liberal, Kenyan, or Muslim. I think he's horrible because he's a politician and as such has already traded in his soul. It has nothing to do with any of the other stuff. Uh, you know, with that being said, you know, yeah, there's massive police overreach. You know, 60% of your police applicants now are former military who've been out of the military for less than a year. You know, sending all these, uh, these quote, used military weapons and gear to municipal police stations so that there's an excuse to send out more military contracts to buy more weapons from more manufacturers who give money to more PACs that sponsor more, uh, more elections. Yeah, of course. This is this is all part and parcel. These are all equivalent pieces of the same cycle of poop. <laughs> the same cycle of poop. Yes, you know, I, I like the way you put that. That's that's very good. Although I do must I must say it. it, 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 it it's well. See, here's my issue. Here's my issue, James. And we're going to get into. I don't want to get into this one, but it's weird how we can spin off into different things. They, uh, people tell me I starburst a lot. Like I kind of. I got a little ADHD, and I kind of, you know, jump all over the place. Uh, but a lot of the things that have been done over the past six and a half, seven years uh, could be eliminated in reverse because I do believe that this president is not eligible to be president. I believe people running right now are not eligible to be president in the in the coming election. The out of the twelve or thirteen Republicans we have to choose for, I think only, you know, I think there's three or four that aren't eligible. This is America. If enough people with enough money back you. You're eligible to be president. Well, that's not how it should work, though. But anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, but now you're conflating what it should be to, uh, to, to the actuality of the situation, which is if people with money want you to be president, you, you could be some dude from Nigeria wearing a big, long cape-looking thing, and you'd still be president. But shouldn't it be that the person that can afford to become president should be the one we want as president? Oh, well, of course. You know who I want to be president? The person who doesn't want it. Nope. That's who I want. Well, that would be a great choice, absolutely. All right, so let's go to let's go to the Facebook uh, interaction that you, myself, and a couple other people were involved in this past week, which all revolves around the, the uh, Texas um, uh, assaulting the 14-year-old girl thing. Now, McKinney. Yes, thank you, McKinney, yes. Uh, what I want to lay out on the on the table first off, and so you understand where I come from, James, is that um, I do believe race is a issue in that situation. Uh, I do believe that one individual cop might have shown some factors involving race. I do believe that the adults that were living in the complex that called the police to begin with were the biggest racists of the whole entire situation. And I do believe that everything was handled well by every other cop there and that what they've done to handle the situation is so far acceptable. Uh, the guy resigned, but I, I hope to see charges because if you or I laid our hands on a 14-year-old, 13-year-old girl, uh, we would not still be walking the streets. No, sir. Most assuredly not. Um, I, I, again, you know, uh, 
the the standard thinking is that he resigned to number one get it out of the way as quickly as possible, and number two because if you resign that means you can get rehired at any other police department anywhere in America, which really smacks of you know the whole Catholic Church thing if somebody gets accused for you know doing something horrible and they go oh no problem he's not a priest here anymore and they just send him to some other church a thousand miles away and, and number three that with cops let, let's add number three to that one James because. Uh, he had been there long enough to be able to take early retirement. So if he if he resigns and takes early retirement, if he gets any charges brought against him, he keeps his retirement. Oh well, you know, I'm glad to see it working out so well for him. <laughs> well, I'm just saying um, another angle of, of why it went down the way it did. Um, so uh, you remember the interaction I'm talking about? I'm sure you get in a lot of fights, but do you remember this specific one? Oh, I'm, I it's it's ringing a bell. The, uh, the, you know, the joy of people who, who always want to say, support the police, support the police, support the police blindly. Right. Um, instead of being able to say, wow, this cop did a really horrible job. We should still support the concept of policing neighborhoods. I will say the one individual that, we, that you were in the debate with there that kept saying he wasn't a statist, um, he isn't. And, and he is, he, his angle is let's not focus on this story or specific stories but they they tend to forget a lot of people forget that what we do especially me because i focus on a lot of different things is we have to focus on these polarizing stories sometimes because there is things within those stories that make that that really matter that really can make a difference or 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 bring light to what's going on agreed and, and i think uh if nothing else mckinney gave uh some people an opportunity to uh discuss race and discuss policing without the specter of discussing it over a dead child, which is it's really sad that I have to go, oh, this is great, we're, we're talking about police violence and nobody's dead, like like as if that's a step in the right direction or a positive. Well, it, it kind of is, I mean, let's be honest, that is that is a step in the right direction that we don't have a dead kid. <laughs> I mean, yes, but it, it's sad that, that that's what constitutes a good day, like, hey, look, RoboCop barrel-rolled into, you know, a bunch <laughs> of children and then took a 14-year-old and face-planted him, but hey, he didn't kill anybody, so today was a good day. Like, that's, uh, uh, we set the bar really low. See, now, what I will say about the barrel-roll situation, because at first I was like, you know, what the hell is this guy doing? But to be honest, if he did trip, let, let, let's be honest here, if he did trip over those roots that you could see... And that is what happened. Uh, you know, former military myself, that is what you're kind of trained to do to break your fall and continue forward momentum. So maybe, can we look at that as being a positive thing that he actually went through with good training? Sure. Well, I will, I will say that it is really good that members of our police force have been in the military for five years so that they can probably uh, properly roll away from the onslaught of roots and random suburban shrubbery. <laughs> Very good. Uh, how about we take a break? You uh, hang for a little bit longer. We'll talk some more. We'll get into some other things. I've got 800 stories here to, to talk about. So uh, how's that sound to you? I'm, I'm, I'm right here, man. Excellent. All right. Guys, you're listening to The First 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. Uh, when we get back, we'll see where uh, James and I can take this because uh, I'm sure it could go anywhere. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Ryan. Four Toad and Lexi. Do I mention Four Toad? Sure. Oh, Four no. Dave. Dave. <laughs> 
Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on. I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. It's Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to The First 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy Porto. Radio fam, it's your man Wayne in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RazRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, 
talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news. And um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RazRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music. Why the hell are the Mexicans and blacks complaining? 
You gotta be the closest thing I've seen to perfect And everybody that you locked up, they had to deserve it, yeah Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand Radiolive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. <sighs> got to get a break on. Got to, got to line everything up and get it going well. Feel good. Uh, I think tonight I, I did the uh, the top 100 songs of 2007. I think it was. So our rejoin music will all be from that. I hope it's music you guys like. Yeah, you got to have some interesting rejoin every once in a while. So, James, you still over there, brother? I'm still here, man. Excellent. Good to hear. So, have you ever heard that K. Rhino song, that last song right before we came back? No, but you would be surprised just how little music I get to check out nowadays. Really? Why is that? Because uh, uh, I'm, I'm always you know, taking a bus somewhere that should take an hour to fly to that takes me three days to bus to. Well, you should have all the time in the world to listen to music then. Yeah, I know. The trick is I gotta download it before I leave, man. I never think about it until I'm on the bus and I'm like, oh man, I got nothing to listen to. Uh, I'm gonna have to hook you up with, with uh, I've got a very good selection of, of truth, freedom, uh, patriot music, you know what I mean? Yeah, I could always use some additions to the uh, to the collection. Yeah, well, when you're traveling like that, you really need it. Um, what should we do? Why don't we do this? I've been bringing up what we're going to talk about. What is what is on the top of James Wood's mind? <laughs> oh, man, that's a Pandora's box there, brother. <laughs> um, I actually, you know what, this weekend I had to go uh, take my camera and go shoot some video for, uh, for a news organization. I was down on uh, Roosevelt Island for the... Uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign speech. So well, that must have been fun. Oh, if you're in the mood to talk about political fuckery on the highest <laughs> order, boy, oh boy, oh boy, I was at, at ground zero, brother. <laughs> ground zero of stupidity. Is that the one where they made the Republicans turn their shirts inside out? That would be the one. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that, because that is one of the stories I saw, and I kind of posted it just because I thought we lived in America, and, and why are we making people, like, is this high school where if you have, uh, you know, cum on your shirt, it, written out in your shirt that you have to turn it inside out? I mean, give me a break. It was, you know, they, they picked Roosevelt Island, which is a tiny little island right off the, the coast of Manhattan. Like, maybe, like, ten or 12,000 people live there in a bunch of tall apartment buildings. I mean, it's it's tiny, tiny. Um, and they selected it very carefully for a reason. There's only one mass transit line that stops there out of the entire New York City subway system. Once you got out of the subway, you could go about 100 yards, and then you just hit uh, fencing all the way across. And that was it. And because, you know, obviously she's the former first lady, they have metal detectors and secret service and armored vehicles. and All the good stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. So they basically took this nice, quaint, white little hideaway off the off the shore of Manhattan, and they turned it into the the very controllable Hillary bomb shelter. That's very nice. And I, I, if we remember, they've done that in Texas back when Bush was president. Uh, you know, we had those same type of things where they shut roads down and prevented people from getting too close to the, his ranch or his property area. Uh, and that's what the elites do. They like to be hidden. They like to have control of what's going on. How far, James, how far down the rabbit hole do you go? Uh, I'm not, I'm not rocking the tinfoil hat sending Alex Jones $10 a month, if that's what you're asking. Okay, well, uh, I'm not doing that either, so. Okay, good. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I tend to look at things from a more rational point of view, so, you know, I don't think they're going to put us all in FEMA camps because, frankly, it's less profitable than having wage slaves doing uh, doing the work in the purchasing forum. Do I believe that, you know, we are, we are all just cattle at this point? Oh, of course we are. It would be idiocy to think we're not. Yeah, just follow along, get your vaccine, do what you're told, don't argue, don't question things. Uh, you know, one of the things, there, there's two stories that have come out recently that have, uh, well, actually there's three or four, but uh, two, let's talk about these two. One is the Shaquille O'Neal story. Have you heard this one? Uh, apparently I have not, but I do love to hear some some stories about the big Aristotles. So. Well, uh, yeah, appar- apparently Shaq has come out and his website has revealed that he's a 9-11 truther. Oh, yeah, I did see something about that this weekend. You know, that's that's not surprising. Okay. Um, where do you stand on that? Do you Are you a lie-hop, a nigh-hop, a this-hop, or a, a don't-care-hop? It, it was the, the Muslims, it was the Saudi Arabians. Where do you stand on that, for starters? Uh, I would say that, number one, we knew that it was coming, and it was considered to be a... Uh, a, a plausible loss comparative to the uh, ability to then go wage war for 10 years. Um, I think, you know, if nothing else, flight records and IDs of, of all the people right there would point to Saudi Arabia or at least a, uh, you know, a radical Muslim offshoot that was located within Saudi Arabia's borders, of course. So what's your, thoughts on, what's your thoughts on Rand Paul and, and many other politicians pushing to get these 28 pages released and, and finally let's see what's written in those 28 pages uh, I think it's great and by the time you get those 28 pages there'll be a different 28 pages <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, uh, this is not JFK uh, and we still haven't got that I guess we can look at that and go wait oh wait hold on um, I guess it all ties together because you know we sent a lot of money to these guys to Saudi Arabia and we see now, I think uh, today or yesterday it came out that they beheaded their 100th person in Saudi Arabia by the Saudi Arabian government. Uh, I'm not against the death penalty, but when we try to outland it or out, make a outrage, create outrage uh, on one group because they behead people, but yet we send millions and millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars to another group that's doing more beheadings than the group that we're supposedly hating. Well, that's because we're not offended by beheadings. We're offended by the idea of certain people beheading certain people. Oh, so beheading isn't, even though it's barba- uh, barbaric and, and ugly when ISIS does it, when our, our allies that might have actually done 9-11 uh, uh, do it multiple more times, it's okay. Well, and, and, you know, that's just good, solid marketing. So after a while... Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, you know, isn't bad. Uh, uh, beheading isn't even bad. 
ISIS beheading people is bad because ISIS is bad. Henceforth, beheading is fine. But the fact that the CIA is going to lose funding to support ISIS now, which has come out this past week, that you know the secret funding to support the rebels in Syria, which is actually where ISIS uh, slowly developed out of, as well as other areas, uh, do you think the ISIS might actually have a problem now, might lose this battle because they're, they're not getting their CIA money anymore? Do you have any idea how much freaking poppy field the CIA now controls in Afghanistan that we conveniently have to stay in for another 20 years? Like, I'm sure there's more than enough heroin trade for them to keep funding ISIS. Well, well I'm sure of that, too. I mean, we, we, I think we both agree that that's the only reason. There, there's two things we're in Afghanistan for, and it's the, the poppy, and it's for the, uh, what's the metal that they use to make battery shit? Um, oh, I don't know, bauxite or something. Lit- Whatever it is, yeah, yeah, that's why we're there. There's some big metal there that they make these long... Uh, duration batteries out of. Uh, so, yeah, there, there goes back to uh, Smedley Butler talking about Wars of Racket and, and what he did in the, the early 1912s and the 1800s uh, for, the, for the corporations taking over Mexico and different countries uh, and how he realized that, that that's all this is about. That, that's all that the Iraqi war is about. That's all it's ever been about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's imperialism and corporate profits. You know, um, you know, you're starting to see the, the same people who, who want to vote for war, vote for war, vote for war, and then never want to spend any money for veterans. These are the same people who in the last couple of years have been cutting all the tax breaks on the corporations and the wealthy. And now that their states are, you know, back to being hundreds of million dollars in debt, they're, they're going back and they're implementing more regressive taxation, which, of course, affects the, the working poor and the poor. So basically all they did was they just laundered money from one group through another group. It's the same thing they do with the military. Like, at this point, what boggles my mind is that there are people who listen to this kind of conversation and scratch their head and go, does that really happen? <laughs> like, of course it happens. Like, lather, rinse, repeat. Like, are, are, how are people not aware of this at this point? Well, because they're, they're taken back by uh, the, the, the black, white girl, and they're taken back by Jenner, who we don't even know. I, I'm just calling him Jenner. I'm not giving him a first name anymore because, you know, I don't, again, I don't care what you do. I don't care how you want to live your life. I don't care of any of that. As long as you're not affecting me, I gives a damn what you do with your life. You know, and that's... That's how more people need to be, but everybody has to be involved in what's going on. They got their pharmaceuticals and they got their medication and they're good. They they don't care. They're gonna go drink some beers. Hey, you know what? I love drinking beer. And you know, last week my show was uh, kind of off because I might have had a little tequila, a little vodka last week, and I I allowed it to take control of my show and take over how uh, how I handled myself. And I, I regret that, but that's what happens sometimes. But. Uh, but but it's like you look at you look at these things you know like cuz i spent a lot of time researching and and watching what's going on and then you look at other people who are just stuck in the uh, let's go back to the police thing you know you you got people who it doesn't matter what the cop does the cop could totally just face fuck some 12 year old girl on a park bench on a Sunday afternoon in front of a whole church that was having their service in the park that day and everybody would there would actually be people defending that cop you know uh, there's something funny about the McKinney thing and and as with any good uh, area of unrest you know immediately Facebook groups are formed and events are planned and you know let's call the bikers and let's go to you know AM radio and get as many people as possible 
And these very same people who are expending like a ridiculous amount of time and energy, Turner, you know, blue lives matter, we love the cops, support the police no matter what. These are the same people who like three weeks ago were like, oh, you know, the cops came to kill all the bikers because of Obama. So apparently if you're in Texas and you're a cop and you shoot somebody, it's because of Obama. If somebody accuses you of shooting somebody, it's because of Obama. <laughs> so it's because of Obama. Uh, apparently, that's it. The, the same people who were like, I cannot believe the cops are killing people because Obama told them to, are now the ones saying, support the police. Because God forbid there's any kind of an attack on their their, you know, their gender, their their ethnicity, their their economic status, you know, geographically where they live in Texas. God forbid there's any kind of attack from any kind of force or an outside opinion. Quick, circle the wagons. Cops are awesome. No, we're not racist. Well, and that's a big thing. I, again, when I led into the uh, beginning talk of McKinney earlier, that was one of the things I picked up on is is the racism of the people that called the cops in the beginning are really what set the tone of the whole situation. And 99.9% of the cops on location, at least in the video I saw, were calm until, you know, Super Cop there with his barrel roll um, chimed up a, a cop or two. And if you watch in the video when he pulls his gun, and to be honest, I'm not against him pulling his gun at that point in time. I, I, I could actually see, because he didn't pull the trigger, he didn't kill anybody, I can see justification in, in the roundabout story of him pulling that, the gun in that point as being okay. You follow me on that one? Can, can you see where I'm coming from that? Uh, it, it's not the first time I've, I've heard this particular take, so no, of course I can see where you're coming from. Well, in general, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not pro-cop, I, I don't want to be called anti-cop, but if I was a cop doing stupid shit that he was doing, he brought the... And this was the argument I got in with somebody. He actually caused himself to have to call to pull his gun. His actions caused what he had to do. But doing what he had to do because of his own actions, you can't fault him because he caused it, but it, he still did what he should have done. Does that make any sense at all? <laughs> yes, but it, it's a cycle of logic fail. The bottom line is, once again, a cop was overzealous. Once again, a cop looked at a neighborhood, a community, a whole bunch of people, rather than as a group of people, looked at them as potential insurgents and then approached the entire situation that way. Why? Because 60% of the people going into the police academy are former military who have been back for less than a year, and it's the only job they can get where they still get to shoot people. Well, and, and he was former military, but he had been out for a long time, but he was a, a, a Navy military police officer. So he's always been a cop, he's always had that mentality, and you could see it in his, his actions that day, and again... I, I'm not pro him. I think all the other cops were pretty calm. I mean, if you remember in the video, uh, there's a point where the kid's bringing the flashlight back to the officer saying, oh, it's his, and the guy's running around pulling people that are standing there talking to the cop calmly. That's my issue. It's not anything. That's where the problem starts is what I'm getting at, I think. Yeah, and I think it goes back to training. It goes back to screening. It goes back to your point that, you know, they're not hiring the most intelligent people to be police. They're hiring people who will follow orders, who are easily trained to do rudimentary tasks the same way every time. And if you have 
military training and can look at a neighborhood as a bunch of potential insurgents, then that's an added bonus. And that's what the police has become. It's no longer Barney Fife and the two deputies who live around the corner who are policing their own community. Uh, th that day has passed. Well, that goes back to the video, and I know Jack played it last week, uh, the Barney Fife video where he, uh, I guess apparently they get a, a legal recording of a uh, criminal and his lawyer talking, and he's like, starts erasing the tape, and they're like, but, but, Pa, you can bust him for that. He's like, no, I can't listen to this. Do you know the video I'm talking about? It was going around last week, two weeks I ago. Do and it's like, you listen to that, and you, it, it makes you question how we went from that to 24. Oh, yeah, but they, again, that, that kind of thing doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, does that surprise you? Well, it doesn't surprise me, but you'd think it would make more people rationalize and think about it. If we can remember, you know, I'm 40 years old. I remember watching, you know, when I'd stay home from school sick, I would watch all the old shows because that's all we had is four or five television stations. You know, so I'd watch the old shows, and, and it did instill different things in my mind. And kids nowadays, like my son, I feel he's six years old, and he, I think he's very versed. I think he's got and seen a lot more of the old school type stuff, you know. So I hope that there's a, a chance to correct this. And I think there is, and I think there's a good generation of, of kids that can, but then there's that generation that can't, at which you see in, like, the videos of the, the girl, and you see it in bigger cities. The girl, have you seen the video of the girl with the knife trying to stab and, and slash this one lady and it's like this fight I, it's it, it's in a ghetto complex it looks like but it's still you you think that that's that you live in near that area kind of areas what do you what do you think you know I, I, oddly enough and I, i've lived in some some shady ass places before you know i've lived orlando and tampa and new york and la chicago austin i've lived all over the place you know what nobody has ever tried to shank me nobody has ever tried to stab me and uh, out of the three times I've had a gun pulled on me, uh, once was at a party in Tampa and twice was by police. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, like, like when I leave my house, I'm not looking over my shoulder for, you know, three rowdy kids wearing starter jackets. Right. I'm looking for cops. Right. Well, I, I'm the same way. Again, I'm 40 years old. Uh, the only police interaction I've ever had where I was on the bad side was my own fault. I was drinking and driving, and it was... A, 15, almost 20 years ago now. You know, so yeah, I made a mistake. Uh, and that's my only ever police interaction where I was on the bad side. Now, I've had some where I was either the caller or just somebody that happened to be involved. And most of the time, it's pretty crappy. It's not horrible. And I've never been had a gun pulled on me. But, you know, there's been incidences where I was at a car accident. I was an EMT for 10 years. I don't know if you knew that, James. When I, I did not. <laughs> when, when I lived in Jersey, I was a volunteer and paid uh, EMT. So I've been involved in a lot of stuff. I've been in the middle. I mean, I've pronounced people dead. I've held, you know, dying babies in my arms, all these different things. So I, I've seen a lot of different things. And I've been involved in things here where I'm like, hey, I was an EMT. Oh, well, yeah, whatever. And they're like, push out. Oh, no, I was an EMT for 10 years. Listen. You know, and they're real ignorant. I had an incident here, and I've told this story on my show before, where, uh, we have this guy that lives here. I live in a an apartment complex where I work. And it's a 55-plus, but because we're government-subsidized, uh, we have to have an allotment for under 55, so it's like 25% or whatever. So we have a few younger people. And this one guy 
is on a lot of antidepressants. He he's got some mental issues, and and it's he actually does have a problem. It's very evident. But every once in a while, he either overtakes his medication or something, and he goes into these episodes. So we had this one time where myself, my boss, and and a cop got him under control. Then the, there was another time where I was by myself here on the property, and they called the cops. I didn't call him, but the residents did because he was walking around exposing himself. You know, he was off his rocker because his med- he had overdosed on his medicine again, right, which is another problem in itself. So uh, the, the residents call the cops. I finally get notification of it. I call 911 and say, listen, this is a medical emergency. This guy, is, he's got problems. He's on medication. So the cop gets here. The first cop gets here, young kid, uh, probably 15 years younger than me. I say, listen, this is what's going on. This isn't the first time it's happened. This is a medical emergency. You know, he, he, he's, he's unarmed. He has no, no weapons, blah, blah, blah. He's like, listen, I don't know you, and I don't know him, so I'll deal with this my way. And he pulls his gun out to go deal uh, with a guy that I know that I'm ex- explaining to him he's got a mental problem, a d- diagnosed mental problem, that they've been here for before, and he pulls his gun out and tells me he doesn't know me, so he's not listening to me. Well, see, 30 years ago, 20 years, 10 years ago, when police were police, and they were people who policed a community, and somebody in that community called and asked for policing, they would come and help police. Your police are now soldiers who see potential insurgents, who see, you know, possible problems, who see terrorists, like... Uh, you know, this is the the other flip side of the whole racism thing. You know where racism is? Where you look to find it. It's kind of like the same thing with the whole, you know, riots and problems and issues. Like, they're where you're going to look for them. If you're a cop and somebody calls you like, hi, there's somebody wandering around the complex. Hold on, I'm going to come in and pull a gun. Well, if you're pulling a gun, you're pretty much setting the stage for what's going to happen next. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things. That goes back again to McKinney. If that cop wasn't running around like a retard, maybe the kids wouldn't have been like, oh, oh wait, you know, all scared and worried, and well, what's going on here, and why is this happening, and yada, yada, yada. So I think it's a big circle. Uh, I think you've got a, a mantra that you're you're really pushing on, which I agree on, is that the militarization and, and the way we've decided to hire police has changed. I, I remember when I wanted to be a cop at one time. And I screwed it up the, the, with my DUI because I actually literally had uh, my application for the New Jersey State Police in my hand or in the back of my truck the day I got my DUI. And I, I was going through a, a kid, a baby mama thing at the time. My own stupidity again. But back then, you had to have either college or military, but your military had to be, like, really specific and, and really... Well, you had to be there for a while. You had to really be in it. And now it seems like they have changed that, and it's a lot easier, and that that's a big problem. So anyway, James, we've been all over the place. We've had a good conversation. I appreciate your time. Uh, remind everybody how to find you, what websites, what, however the best way to find you is. Uh, whenever I put out articles and stories, you can find them at dcmediagroup.us. That's the website. Or you can find me on Twitter at James F T Internet. That's James from the Internet. I am a, I'm a pretty easy guy to find. And and you're a fun guy. You have a, and when you debate, you don't get ugly. You know, well, you like to call a few names. Usually, Status is your favorite name to call. It seems. <laughs> I've noticed that that seems to be the one you ride with. But but you know how to have fun and 
keep the conversation moving forward. And sometimes you kind of have to be a dick to keep the conversation moving forward. Oh, I, I, you won't hear me argue with that, but you know, you, you got to have a couple different drums you beat. Um, I'm not a fan of constantly flogging people over the head with, you know, big words in the text whip because all they're going to do is tune out and go back to listening, listening to Rush Limbaugh and the conversation you had was pointless. And I'd hate to think I'm wasting my time. So, <laughs> you gotta ease people into it. Yeah, ease them in slowly. Just do it slowly. All I'm right, a, all right, James. Fan. I, I, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, you know, it's always a good time having you on. Uh, you keep doing what you're doing. Anytime you want to come on, you've got something to say, let me know. You got it, brother. I appreciate you having me. All right, man. You have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Peace. There goes James. I appreciate his time. Uh, as usual, we try to bring something interesting to talk about. Uh, in, the, in the last little bit of the show here, um, we get some articles I want to bring up and, and just kind of try to read you, and we'll see how that goes, because that's always fun to do. You guys will listen to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. We'll be back with you in just a few little minutes. Have you ever called into your favorite talk radio program only to encounter this and felt like this? That never happens when you dial 941 941- Four two one zero four zero one at razradiolive.com we answer right away and pow you're live on the air talking to one of your favorite hosts no screeners no delays try it now 941-421-0401 and avoid 941-421-0401 if you're a new listener or a seasoned veteran don't be scared. 941-421-0401. We welcome all. We know how it feels to be ignored. RazRadioLive.com Yeah. Dr. Handle Vista, Twister Surgeon, HHMD. DJ Hellfire. Money the Amp Killer Assassin. True Thumbs. 2009 Flavor. Revolutionary hip hop. 30 turns. Polyrap radio serves. Beginning of the end of this. Get it, get Not trying to badmouth my brother, but he part of the beast executive. Carrying orders, giving orders round the border. Carnivorous mind frame, mind games. We don't play those. Killer instinct, I'm Jago. Off the wall, throwing in your Venus cards. You start to see the light. Operation Freedom Strike.
inflicted curse on the enemies of humanity for all the insanity that they cause on the planet. They be convicted of sins on the death. They get unquenchable fire till there's nothing left. Revenge is the lord of the universes. In the battle between good and evil, righteousness goes the furthest. That's why wicked men worry and spend trillions to hurt us. Committing hundreds of millions of murders. Things can't go further. Over time the wick to hurt up. Or it's cheap to the slaughter. Victims of the new world order. Depopulation plan. forward to doing some radio with Ferris once in a while and Fortoed and, and the old crew. Uh, I miss all of you guys. A lot of exciting news coming out. But I will say the 23rd is the hard date for me to bring Dangerous Conversation back to the airwaves right here on Raz Radio. I'll be following you Tuesday nights, uh, 8 to 10. It'll be dangerous conversation as you know it. Get a couple good interviews in, bring a lot of the originals back. Join Scott Ledger Tuesday for Dangerous Conversation, 8 to 10 p.m. RazRadioLive.com. Just getting reports of a shooting incident at the Chicago Sheraton. Where President Bush has been speaking, it's not clear if the president himself has been hit, but apparently there are casualties. I have a short statement. The president suffered two bullet wounds. 
The first entered just under the right armpit. It traversed about three inches of the chest wall, then ricocheted off the fifth rib and exited. The battle is the propaganda got the people fooled. We seek knowledge they don't teach in high school. Republicans have the elephant, Democrats have the mule. Two heads in the same dragon, tell me what you gonna do. The elections are rigged, the people pay for what the government did. Open eyes, lost lies, I'm a racky kid. We won't stop the city, that was finally doing a bit. Popping look, they got the aim, cause I'm locked in the grid. Newscaster tells us today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. It's actually the, the very definition of terrorism. 
They're trying to kill people for a political agenda. It's just, you know, a nicety. So, uh, yeah, just keep in mind, guys, that the news agencies are not there to tell you the truth. They're there to tell you what they're told to tell you. You're still stuck to the American dollar, and you're still stuck to American laws. I still want to have the freedom to go where I want to go if I need to go. Uh, I think that's the most important thing in my mind, at least. And this goes along... If this is going to be another cum cum trail... I've got lesbians and he's got cum trails. <laughs> okay, why don't you just move along? Animals get in the way when you're doing a radio. What show. I think is gonna, they're going to have to redirect the Americans' mindset. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been even more fun. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I want you all to keep your eyes open and your ears open on what's going on. It's the first fifty-two. Resradiolive.com. You're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio. Honey, why are you calling me so late? It's kind of hard to talk. Uh, here we are, back at the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. You know, I like to go back to some of the old times. I miss some of the good times I used to have. As a young kid, don't you? Do you ever, do you ever miss the old times? Do you ever wish you could have those times back? Do you ever wish you could change some of the things you did? Well, you can't. Sorry, it's not something that you can do. You can't change what you've done. You have to take what you've done. You have to appreciate what you've done. You have to realize you are who you are because of what you've done, whether you like it or not. You can't change the past. You can only try to make the best of the future. You can only try to learn from the people around you. I try to learn from people all the time. Yeah, I like I, I I like the people I involve my myself with. They make me think. Sometimes they make me feel stupid. Sometimes I like to believe I make them feel stupid. But that's what that's what we should be doing, isn't it? Shouldn't we be challenging each other at all times? Uh, if anybody has any questions, thoughts, comments, nine four one four two one zero four zero one. You're welcome to, to tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me I love what you're hearing. Tell me you hate what you're hearing. I don't really care. Tell me something. I just, I don't know. Some things bring me back. I know it's kind of dorky. I, I know Hinder. I know what you're all thinking. I like the song. That's my. That's, I don't know. Sorry, I do. There's like some songs that just really grab you. Maybe there's a association somehow to something that happened to you in life that makes you think about that song. I've got multiple songs like that. I, I think every major episode in my life. I have a song that I can associate to that major episode. To something that, that's gone on in my life. There's a song to go on with it. 
and that's uh, through my entire life, my entire childhood. Uh, there's a song to match everything, and I hope you have that because that's a that's a big thing. That's an important thing. That's a great thing to have that to have the ability to hear something or maybe a smell gets you and that smell or that sound or that picture that vision brings you back to somewhere that is happy maybe sometimes it's not happy I've got some of those it happens that again goes back to your character that's what makes you you that's what makes you that individual human being that's what makes you so important. You know what? You might not be important to a lot of people, but you're important to somebody. I like to believe I'm important to somebody. I'd like to believe that there are people that are important to me that I maybe don't even realize I care about. Maybe that's why I do this. Maybe that's why I, I spend the time sitting here behind this microphone spewing my craziness. So six years about I've been doing this. About six years now. I, what the heck was that? Is that my chair squeaking maybe? It's a really loud... Anyway, about six years I've been doing this, I'll bet you. And it's it's amazing how many times I see stories come out talking about how all these conspiracy theories are becoming true. How, oh, these crazy conspiracy guys, you know, these guys that were talking about these things, you know, it just didn't sound right or true. How they're, they're actually true. And, and they never give credit to people like oh, Periscope. That's what that was. They don't ever give credit to, to the people who have helped bring this to light, like people like Jack Blood or uh, uh, you know, multiple hands of other people that that slowly bring this 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 different information to light. But the fact that they're talking about it, that they're saying, "Hey, these uh, uh, here's the headline: Perhaps the world's conspiracy theorists have been right all along." Now, that's not the first time I've seen that headline. And this is a new story. This is not, you know, a flashback. This is a telegraph story from June 15th. Cons- conspiracy theorists used to be so... Uh, conspiracy theories used to be so easy. You'd have your mate who, after a few beers, would tell you that the moon landings were fake. Or that the Illuminati controlled everything. <laughs> or that the U.S. government was holding alien autopsies in Area 51. And you'd be able to dismiss this because uh, it was all rubbish. Look, you'd say, we have moon rock samples and pictures, and we left laser reflectors on the surface, and basically, you still don't believe me, but that's because you're mad, and no proof on Earth or the moon would satisfy you. It's true that there was always the big one which wasn't quite so easily dismissed. This was the Kennedy assassination. But here you could be fairly sure that the whole thing was a terrible, impenetrable 
murky morass. You know, that some things never would be known. Or would be released, partially redacted by the CIA, 200 years in the future. And you knew that whatever the truth was... Pardon me for a second... Uh, but you knew whatever uh, you knew whatever the blah 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 blah, and you knew that whatever the truth was it was probably a bit dull compared to your mate's flights of fantasy involving the KGB the mafia and the military industrial complex besides it all made for a lot of very entertaining films and books so that's that's the the meat of this story here. So I got somebody on the line here. Uh, how are we doing there? What's it? Nine one zero. How you doing, Sean? It's Kevin, man, from the Outer Banks. How you been? Oh, Kevin, pretty good, man. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Well, I was just I yeah felt so lonely, like you needed somebody to call you an idiot. So I was just calling to let you know you're an idiot. So. <laughs> well, I always appreciate you know making sure that people know who I am and and know that I'm an idiot and that you know I, I easily admit it. <laughs> uh, we, we all do that idiot dance uh, from time to time. That's 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 for sure. But I I know I know uh, you follow me on Facebook and Twitter and and this story I'm reading right now and there was another story about two weeks ago about the top eight conspiracy theories that are turning out to be true. Now I know your history and you can enlighten anybody you want on that history. But what do you think about all these different stories coming out that that? all these conspiracy theories might actually be true or there might be meat to them. Well, I've always been of that, that, uh, belief, you know, I mean, uh, I, you know, I've said that to you many a times, you know, I mean, it, you know, just wait, it's going to come out. It'll come out and call me what you want. Pinball hat wearing whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted the original story behind it, not be exactly a hundred percent, but there is some meat to it and there is some truth to it. So, well, I mean, you have to decide that. Exactly, and that's that's the biggest thing. You know, I don't ever claim to be 100% right on any of the, the theories I talk about, but it goes back to the 28 redacted pages that we were talking about earlier. A lot of people believe, uh, which has been talked about since the first release of, uh, of uh, the 9-11 truth movies with Jason Burmis and all, um, that, that, that Saudi Arabia was involved in some way, shape, or form. And everybody believes these 28 pages will reveal that. Now, if that's revealed, and that's what we've been saying for 13 years, 14 years now, uh, doesn't that add credit or, or credibility to some of the other things we talk about? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that whole Saudi thing is just only just a tip of the iceberg. Because it goes, it, it's, it's a big riddle wrapped inside of an enigma. It has got so many tentacles, it's not even funny, you know. I mean, if you're really, 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 really got to dwell deep in the... I mean, this whole 9-11 thing was probably in conception 30, 40 years ago. Oh, I would agree Maybe not that. the exact Twin Towers, per se, but that kind of an event to create what they're creating today, you know, which is to take away your freedoms a little at a time, and, you know, the frog in the boiling water, uh, you know, in the pot. So, I mean, just do it a little bit at a time. Take a little bit at a time. They won't notice, you know, give them their TV, give them their cell phones, give them their internet, give them their Jenners, mm-hmm. give them their, you know, all that uh, shiny object shit to look at and 
you know, why why you're doing that and busy looking over here, we're going to start dwindling away all your rights and freedoms. No, it's, it's the it's the average bread and circus entertainment to distract the masses type situation. Um, when when I watch the things going on, and when I know there's people out there that have experienced. Uh, different situations as you have, as other people I've spoken to, you know, Scott Rickard and, and Susan Lindauer and, and even the things that Jack Blood has experienced. Um, knowing that there's people out there that have gone through some of the worst or have seen some of the worst or, or know some of the truths, it, it gives me hope that one day this can all work its way out or that we can Maybe it won't be pleasant, but at least we can get past that. In your lifetime, now you're a little older than me, not much, but a little older than me. In your lifetime, do you think there will be a actual change towards positive, or do you think it's just going to be the same thing until a massive issue? Well, the biggest, the biggest leap that we have to do is we have to really take those with the power and the money and take it away from them, because that's what's ruining society today. Uh, you've got money in politics, which, you know, your voice, my voice, you know, Fred down the street from me, his voice, none of our voices are being heard. They're being heard by the corporate industries. That's, you know, I, I, I always see those things on Facebook, you know, where all the politicians are wearing NASCAR jackets, and that's exactly what they should be, because that's exactly what they are. They're, you know, just, a, you know, kowtowing to their lobbyists that are donating money for their elections, and that's that's how it goes, and that's not the way it should be because your voice and my concerns are not being heard. Well, that would make it a lot easier. I mean, a hell of a lot easier if we knew who was supporting these guys. Um, uh, let, let's. While I got you here, because there was a story that came out. Uh, when is this? This is June 8th, and it says scientists are coming up with last ditch remedies for climate change. And I think you kind of run, not maybe 100% with me, but along the same lines as far as geoengineering and and uh, what's going on in the climate above us. Would I be, sure. would I be wrong in saying that? I mean, I, I've always been the firm belief that the, the Earth has done climate change. It, it changes on a daily basis, and it changes on an hourly basis. It's always in constant flux and change, no matter what. Whether we're doing it or... You know, I mean, we had an ice age, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of years ago, and there was no SUVs and, you know, uh, gas combustion engines and burning of woods and forests, you know, that created that incident. And, you know, it's just Mother Nature going through her regular cycle. We just happen to be living on this thing when it's she's going through a cycle. You know, and it's like in the military, they always teach you adapt and overcome, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm totally anti-pollution and, and all this. I'm into solar energy. I'm in the free energy and all that kind of line of thinking. But, you know, we, we, we can't do the chicken little thing, the sky, you know. Because every time somebody comes out and starts pushing the fear thing, that's when I get skeptical, no matter what the issue is, whether it's something I like or something I don't like. Yeah, I you don't want fear associated to, yeah, associate to it and, and, and tied up in the whole thing. Right, because I, I believe once you do that, then you're, you're trying to push a dirty agenda behind it, you know. Well, what what got me about this uh, this this article that I posted and and all the stuff I talk about, I always it's always comes off my Facebook or my Twitter, so you can always go back there and 
uh, not you, but I mean in general, people can go back and look it up and and follow it back to the stories or the articles that that brings it up for me. And in this one, they talk about different ways that geoengineers uh, want to control or uh, absorb or affect the CO2 released in the environment. And the fact that uh, as you read through this, it, it really points out a lot of things that we talk about. They talk about how things haven't been tested on large scales which doesn't eliminate the testing over U.S. airspace or over U.K. airspace or over Australian airspace because these things that we call chemtrails or persistent jet contrails or whatever it is you want to call them, um, they're only seen over certain countries the way we see them Mm -hmm. here. Well, you know, it's, it's written in the law that they can actually experiment on the public without the public public's knowledge. <laughs> Most people aren't aware of that. Most people don't know what no, they did they in, don't in know St. That. Louis. The same thing when you're in the military. You know, you've lost all your rights when you sign that paper. You're, you know, GI. You know, GI stands for government issue. Well, you know, that, and that's exactly what you are. You're a piece of the government. And there's things that I go through in my life now that I wonder if are caused by the vaccinations that I was that I got when I went in the military. And for those of you who never were in the service, you know, you you arrive at this location, you get all your gear, they they shuffle you through lines with this gear and then haircut and then the vaccine line. And usually it's done in a time, at least the way it felt to me, where you got through the adverse reactions of the vaccine because everybody's sick for a day or two after the vaccine. And then you get shipped off the basic training. Yep. Yeah, that's how it was for me. Everybody got sick. Every single one of us were sick. We couldn't even move for like a day. Yeah, I, mean, it, I just remember it as being a long line of guys, and there were nurses on both sides of you, and they had little air guns, no needles, just air injected it right into you. Yep. Put it up to your arm, and then you go to the next station, all the way down the line. About four or five times they did that. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I, I'll never forget that that whole situation. And I wasn't anti-vaccine at the time. I actually uh, supported vaccines, vaccinations back then. I had my, I was an EMT, and we had to do this one shot. Um, it was a uh, hepatitis, I think it was a hepatitis B vaccine. And it was like mm-hmm. this real thick syrup, and you had to have three injections over like a four- or five-month period of time. And each one, right. it was an intermuscular, so it went in there and it, like it felt like your whole entire arm was just swelling because it wasn't going into a vein; it was going into the muscle. It was so painful. Well, and they're trying to give that to newborns, you know. I mean, you, you, why you're giving a newborn a, a hep shot, you know? Unless they're going to be anal sex and intravenous drugs, there's no need for it. Well, yeah, that's a whole other uh, discussion and, and, and route we could go on. Um, the, the, it's amazing how you have the anti-vaxxing or the, the the people that are against anti-vax people like me or, and and other people uh, who will speak out against it and say, "Oh, you guys caused this problem." But then if you sat down and asked them, "Well, <laughs> did, did did you have a flu shot this year?" Uh, well, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't get the flu shot. Oh, uh, did you get a shing? And I'm talking to somebody old enough that they should get a shingle shot. Did you get a shingle? No, I would. No, I didn't get a shingle shot. Oh, did you get a a pneumonia shot? Oh, no, I don't want to get that. Well, well, wait. You want to inject children, but you won't take the vaccines yourself. Yeah. Well, and you know, your wife Lexi, she posted a thing on Facebook today, of, and I, and I, and it does discredit people that think like us because it had to talk about you know. 
the heroin, they're more, 84% more likely to do heroin if they were vaccinated. And I'm like, you know, and we all felt the same way that, you know, it's called, we're calling BS on the whole thing. And, you know, and it kind of puts, you know, people like our train of thought in a bad light. You know, it's almost like, uh, Somebody's out there just trying to, you know, spoil the movement or whatever. Well, there, there's, an, there's another story that goes along with that. I know you were following today. Uh, uh, they were talking about on the Bubba show this morning. Uh, the the, uh, the the guy in Virgi- West Virginia that had to shoot uh, shoot a cop uh, bumper sticker, the handmade bumper sticker. Which, oh yeah, yeah. Honestly, in my opinion, if I was to tell you what I thought that was to represent, it was to represent filming uh, law enforcement. It was to say, "Hey, make sure you're videotaping cops." And yes, they used a play on word, but it did exactly what it should have, which was to get a majorly syndicated morning talk show to talk about it. Well, yeah, and I mean. Am I going to put that bumper sticker on my car? Hell no. But I mean, you know, I mean, that's that individual's right to do that. But, uh, you, you, what, the, whether, point the point I'm making, though, here, Kevin, is is think of this. Throughout that whole thing, they interviewed all these all these specialists and all these experts and all these uh, police people and all these different people. Have you heard one interview? One interview with the guy that had the bumper sticker that on the car. That had the sticker. No, not even. <laughs> Nobody talked to him. Nobody asked him what it meant. Everybody just came out with the oh, this guy's a terrorist and he should be taken care of. And, uh, and who knows? I mean, the way it looked, it was a uh, you know, it looked like a piece of medical tape, you know, or you know, athletic tape, you know, with somebody just pinning it on there with a, a marker. Yep. And somebody could have been just dropping him out and, and just stuck it on his car, and he doesn't even know it. Right, so we're reporting that this guy is anti-cop and that he's trying to get all the cops killed, but yet we don't have any comment or conversation with the guy that had it on his car. No, exactly. Yeah, that's the way the media runs it. And that was one of the biggest thing I, things I was trying to point out earlier about that whole story uh, when they were talking about this morning was that Where's the conversation? And, and I'll I'll give twenty five credit. He even said, you know what, you're a, it, it's a place story to cause this conflict. It's it's to it's to make what I call the uh, accountability movement. You know, we got to have a, a, a title for every movement, so it's easier to know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about if I say the accountability movement. It's to make them look bad. And to be honest. There's enough guys in there making it look bad on their own. Even though they're trying to do positive, they make it look bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's uh, we as a society, you know, we have got to like start to unite and pull together. And we are so divided on so many things; it's not even funny, you know. And and it's good to have diversity and uh, different sizes of, uh, of opinion and thought. I mean, you know, that's what has made you know humanity as good as it can get. Yeah, I was going to say, was gonna say that's what makes humanity thrive is, is, sure. is difference of opinion, but being able to negotiate and and come to a conclusion of that difference. But also letting the other sides be out there and known. We're in today's society, unless you've got media like you and others, you know, from the mainstream, you're not going to get that. And but I do believe you know because I you know I'm a trucker. I'm all over the place, and I talk to people, you know, all up on the coast, throughout America, and stuff like that. And there are more people that are in the same spot and wavelength as us that I find of the opposite, which really amazes me of how the hell 
can the media be portray this? Because, I mean, 90% of the people I run into, you know, definitely know 9-11 was bullshit, and they don't trust the government, and they hate it, and they all feel the same about Congress and the presidency and everything, no matter what race you are or religion you are or anything. It just seems like they're just pushing that brainwashing narrative on mainstream media just not to let you look at other sources. Well, and that goes back to Jack Blood has been saying it for four years or, or maybe more. Uh, I've been saying it because of listening to him and his evaluation of the situation uh, for at least a year and a half, if not more, that that it's going to come down to Jeb and Hillary, and it's going to be Jeb. And, and more than likely, once he gets in within six to eight months, if we haven't already had a massive terror attack, we will have a massive terror attack to ensure that we can reinstill the Patriot Act, which is kind of on shaky ground right now, to ensure that we get these trade agreements going, to ensure that it, that, that the police state continues on. They're going to lighten up for a little bit, but I, I think that's the next progress, uh, the next step to be taken. Oh yeah, yeah, it is, it is. I mean, you're, you're gonna have something happen that's gonna be on a way massive scale. I'm, I'm saying they, it's possible to go off in this nation. I don't know what you know about nuclear weaponry, but you know that they all have a signature, right? Yeah, all, I yeah, mean, all, all nuclear yeah. weapons are traceable back based on the signature of the, the, uh, uranium, plutonium, or whatever it is they're used. Uh, there is an actual specific for each branch that's made into a, a bomb. Right, and they can tell you exactly what facility, what year, and what reactor that thing came out of. I mean, there's really they they can get very specific on you know on on tracing that. Does that but, even cause does that count on dirty bombs though? If you just have materials, can that still be traced back to where those materials come from? Yeah, but to me, a, a dirty bomb is not going to create the big. The big picture, you know what I'm. I mean, the big uh, like the towers coming down. That was a big, you know. No, it'll be a slow kill. It'll be, it'll be exactly. a slow kill. You'll see a lot more cancers, and then the the pharmaceutical industry and the and the medical industry will suck more money out of everybody because they got cancers <laughs> from this dirty bomb. You know, and then you got to buy new appliances because all your shit will be fried, and uh, new car because your shit will be fried in the car. You know. Yeah. It's and, and it's like, I, 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 they can change the outer coating shell on these things to where it will give off a false positive uh, signature. Of a different, yeah. like maybe it came from Iran? Sure, Israel or Iran or... Oh, no, don't, don't say Israel has, has nuclear weapons because we all know Israel does not... The, the, Israel does not have nuclear weapons, so don't ever say Dude, that, we, Kevin. We gave... <laughs> oh, see, we're breaking up now because I said that. Uh, all right, listen, we, we only got a couple minutes left. So I got to really train myself to be off by eight o'clock. So when Scott Ledger starts up next week, I'm clear at eight when he needs to come on, which means I got about a minute or so to talk here. So I wanted to bring up this, and I don't know if you've seen this, and I'm a big gamer. I like playing video games, uh, specific video games. Uh, just recently, the story came out from, uh, from Rockstar about Grand Theft Auto. Have you ever played Grand Theft Auto? Are you a fan of Grand Theft Auto, Kev? Uh, I'm not a gamer. I mean, I've played it, but I mean, you're, I'm going way back to like, you know, 2000. So, so you so. get the basics of the game. You understand sure. that, you know, that one's based in Miami. There's one based in New York. Uh, I think there's one based in L.A., if I'm not mistaken. Uh, their next plan, and tell me what you think of this. Their next plan 
the GTA 6, the next one, and they're saying it's going to be about 2020 before we see it, is going to be a complete USA map. Interesting. Could you imagine being able to play a video game where you could literally drive through the backyard of where you live? That would be very interesting. I wonder how they're going to do it. Uh, maybe it goes to some of the spy technology we see. I just thought we'd end on the video game thought because I love video <laughs> games. I, I yeah, it's whatever you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm into uh, kayaking and uh, fishing. Everybody's got their their cool. thing, you know. So oh, I love that too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd rather be on a boat than playing a video game. But you know, it, when it gets cold and kind of rainy, I'll sit down and play a video game. <laughs> we had today was all, you know, derived through the military contractors prior to us. I remember being back in the military back in the 80s looking at satellite photos of stuff, and they could read a guy's label on a guy in, you know, on a park bench in Manhattan. Well, if you, if you, if you recall, in the, in the early 2000s, they developed a video game uh, to train children in order to come in the military, and, and I wanted the game so bad because at the time it was that that crazy uh, right-wing conspiracy, or not conspiracy, I was that crazy right-wing guy that just agreed with everything Bush said. Uh, Kevin, I appreciate your time tonight, brother. I'm going to sign off here, and uh, uh, we'll talk some more, all right? Uh, you better come down for RazzFest, 18th to the 20th in September. We're going to lock everything in here real soon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I heard everybody's talking about there's a date set, but I didn't hear the date. Yeah, 18th so. to the 20th of September. We'll hear more about it soon. All right, brother? All right, man. Take care. All right, peace out. There goes a buddy of ours, Kevin. Uh, you guys have been listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. I love you. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe. Enjoy your week. Investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying to get through. It takes, but it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace. When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake. When I'm risking it all with no time to waste, fuck this red race. I'm leaving this place. It's time to blast off destination space. Sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided Through the beautiful, the silent With the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the unknown
home But right from day one I've been in this alone With odds stacked against I've been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me Allie, don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize And give them hell to your death This is a test Just a frequency check For intelligent life Now's time to connect It's an SOS The death's been sent So now we just wait And hope for the best With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful asylum And the light show from a past so much thanks first 52 is the bump diggity sooner or later i gotta get back to doing uh, a dangerous conversation you know i'm looking forward to doing some radio with ferris once in a while and four toad and, and the old crew uh, i miss all of you guys a lot of exciting news coming out but i will say the 23rd is the hard date for me to bring dangerous conversation back to the airwaves right here on Raz Radio. I'll be following you Tuesday nights, uh, 8 to 10. It'll be dangerous conversation as you know it. Get a couple good interviews in, bring a lot of the originals back. Join Scott Ledger Tuesday for Dangerous Conversation, 8 to 10 p.m. RazRadioLive.com. Change, change, home. 
feels the same as I return to the land where I'm ski the train where the temperature's high. So am I. And so are the shorts of the girls who walk by where the black top is high with no shade at all. Reminiscent of the summers that came before where the hustle's strong or you won't survive. Graffiti tells the story of a million lives. Through the sounds of cement, the concrete's alive where the bonds are formed, the rats run and hide. Drama's like a cartoon that comes to life where the express bus runs twice a night to the stadium that's packed every Monday night to the yellow cab driver that helped make your flight where you can get what you want if the price is right and screaming fuck use another way to be polite When you're in my zone, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm calling home. 